Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hi, Waiting Warriors. Welcome to today's interview. Today's interview is a little bit different because we have a fancy, smart person with us. <laughs> this is Kara Creedy. Welcome to the show, Kara. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. So guys, Kara, she really is like a fancy, smart person. She knows all about things. So she is a wife of a sailor, a mom, and a speech language pathologist with a specialization in early intervention. So that's why I said fancy person, because she's got all sorts of good knowledge that we need. And I really wanted to have her on the show um, because we're going to talk about creating positive communication environments at home. And I know with my experience as a military spouse, and I've heard from many, many um, on the first responder side, that it feels like a very daunting task and almost unachievable task that we we just can't have because of our situation that there's too much stress um there's too much change and it's really difficult to create that communication with our kids on top of everything else that's going on so I'm really excited for Kara to be here do you want to add anything else to your introduction or should we just take it away. Let's just get going. Let's just start out with what does a positive communication environment even look like? So everything that I say we take with a grain of salt. Um, My house is hectic. Your house is hectic. (laughs) All of our houses are usually pretty hectic. Um, But we have to work with what we have, right? And work within our, our, you know, boundaries. Um, A positive communication environment means that you as the parent are setting the tone. Um, You are choosing to engage with your family and your children in a certain manner and way. Um, That includes the language that you use. That includes the model that you provide through your actions. um, Because children are seeing, they're hearing, and they're watching. Mm So. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are always doing something um, one-on-one with your child, but you're also creating um, the aura around you, right? You're you're beginning to structure your environment in a way that allows your children to um, benefit from it. Okay. Um, So what... What what how how should I elaborate more so that kind of is clear? Okay, so is it is it about like our kids knowing how to talk, or is it them knowing how to talk with us? Right. Okay. So great question. Um, of course, you know, primarily I work with children who do have language delays, but then many of these children go on to begin talking and there's still a lot of work to be done. So whether your child is or isn't talking, they they all still do need the same things within their daily environment. Um, so what we're doing is we're just learning how to support our children's language growth by 
helping them um, basically learn about the world um, through our eyes and through their eyes. So the way that I would um, first recommend that we start to teach them and use language is by creating strong everyday routines inside our home. Um, Yeah, so that would be the first thing. And what would that kind of routine look like? So again, going along the theme of hectic, um, and, and, you know, you touched upon this in the beginning, the misconception is that um, as a military family that we're too transient or that we never really feel like we have stability. But our children don't, I mean, yes, do they know they're somewhere different? Of course, do sometimes are they confused about where their house is? Yes, but we can still make their day-to-day interactions consistent. So what that means is we wake up, we make breakfast. Um, breakfast morning time is not a great day, uh, time of day for me. So we'll just breeze over that. But, you know, it's having, <laughs> it's having a flow. So every time we get in the car, we sing a specific song and the child starts anticipating that this is our car song. And then they learn the language through the car song. Um, it's knowing that when we go to the grocery store, Um, we, you know, I help mommy pay and I count the money and then it's getting home and knowing that this is lunchtime. Then when I get ready for my nap, I get a book and then, you know, for dinner, I sit down, I get to call mommy or daddy on the phone. Um, maybe I get to pick out a special book. I do bedtime. I do bath time. It's just, it's a routine and a consistency within, you know, like I said, we, we create that. Um, we're not depending on the universe to create it for us because right. that's not, that's not, um, that doesn't happen for us. <laughs> right. And it almost sounds like it's not that we have to do the exact same, the exact same things hourly every day, but like it's, it's the one song that you sing when you get in the car or like you, you're choosing what you're doing. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's why it's in our control. Okay. Okay. So you as a parent are making the choice, um, to give, to, to add some sort of control to Mm -hmm. something that may feel like there, you know, is somewhat out of control. Um, and so even if it's just once a week that we have a special day where we do baking and that's on Friday night and you know children are smart they start to they start to anticipate and that anticipate that anticipatory skill is really important because it helps them make some sense of what's going on yeah I like that. I like because that, yeah. I'm, I'm getting all like Chaz, like this. This gives us the control back, which I know as a, as the spouse. I don't. I don't know how, the soldier and the police officer and the firefighter. Like I don't know how they necessarily feel, but I feel like as the spouse, I don't have a lot of control. Over exactly. In anything. My, in, like, <laughs> nothing. Nothing in my life. Nothing. Other than the fact that I wake up and get out of bed. That's the only thing I have control. And so so that's a good point because, you know, we were living in a hotel for, what, like almost two months. We PCSed about a year ago. And, I mean, I had no control over what was, you know, going on. And our living environment may have seemed 
you know, different and new through my child's eyes, but that didn't mean that our breakfast, you know, I couldn't go out and get the Cheerios that we have and we couldn't talk about the milk and the spoon and the refrigerator. And so you, you can work within the parameters that you have as long as you keep your language and your routines consistent. So that's what it boils down to. Okay. Have you discovered, um, that there are any specific things in a routine that are particularly easier to carry over through a move or through um, like just any sort of transient time, even if it's not a, a physical move, but a, a dad deploying or a, sh- a shift change where dad's not home during the day as much or something like that are there specific things that you can think of that can are easier to carry over anything that's based on the child because the child is the constant right so instead of basing (laughs) basing it on us and our lives if we can base something on what we know they're going to be doing right so most children play Most children eat, (laughs) most children sleep, and most children take a bath, hopefully all these things, you know. So (laughs) if you can just target those routines that I I tell all my families, they're happening anyway. (laughs) Yeah. They're happening. So what what we're doing really isn't extra work. It's just adding to like the word routine we've said seven hundred times, but we're just adding to it and we're just we're my whole goal is to give parents and families the tools to embellish their routine, right? And to just have their routine amped up a bit um, by by providing some, you know, increased interactions and some more language. Okay. And also, yeah. to add on to that, we talk about, like, child um, and parent games, and they're called people games in speech lingo. And... That, again, is something that you can do sitting on the floor. You can do uh, the floor of a hotel, the floor of your bedroom, the -hmm. floor of a friend's house, um, in the car. And so those are games like peekaboo and row, row, row your boat where you're swinging, you know, the child's hands, patty cake. That is, um, that requires nothing. That doesn't require a toy. That doesn't require technology. That just requires two people interacting. So. the tools are right in front of us and no one should ever feel like they don't have those tools to, like I said, engage and, and flourish with their, their child. It almost sounds like we on the, on the non speech therapist side are overcomplicating it almost. Absolutely. That we feel like if our kid is having a hard time speaking or even like I'm just thinking, because my kids, for some reason, are all excellent speakers. But my thoughts with this is, how can I keep the communication open? How can I teach them the words that they need to know to express what they're feeling? Because that's like our our big clash mm-hmm. as parent and child is that they are feeling so many feels mm-hmm. and can't express it. But it's like we're overcomplicating it and i just well it's just i think that the part of what i do is shifting the mindset of 
um, the professional being the only one who's capable of assisting a child. Um, uh-huh. A professional is still needed and their opinion is very warranted um, and they add a lot of value. But my goal is to just hand off the strategies and the tools because, like you said, I mean, there's a theory and there's a science and there's lots of um, evidence-based practice behind what I'm telling parents to do, but the parent is capable of carrying them out. And so if you can just get someone to kind of give you those little tidbits of knowledge and dissect your routine and dissect your day-to-day interactions, um, it's not that hard. (laughs) It's not. Um, And that's, that's, that's the whole point. Um, If I could do any one thing, it would just to I've already told you not to get off topic, but my passion is working with military families because I feel very strongly that we've been um, dealt a certain pair of cards, hand Mm -hmm. of cards, and that doesn't mean that we should be less entitled to specific types of therapy, specific types of healthcare, um, and it doesn't mean that we are not capable of, like I said, facilitating those therapies therapies on our own um so it's really important like you said to not be so intimidated by being the teacher so it almost sounds like you just want to empower the military families and help us realize that this is something that we can handle Mm -hmm. and it's not as intimidating as it needs to be well I also think that once it clicks I think it's really stressful to have to load all your kids in the car, get them to speech therapy, get get your one kid, let's say, to speech therapy every week, right, or two times a week or whatever it may be. Um, you don't always know where you are, where you're driving, getting lost, <laughs> whatever it may be, right? And then dad's away, mom's away, and it, it just becomes a whole ordeal. Um, so if we can just start to really feel like we are capable at home, um, and again, like I said, having a professional consult with you, but giving you those tools, that it, it really is a simplified, simplified process, um, mm-hmm. and you are capable. So yes. Okay. So from, again, I don't have much experience with this, but say at what point, just for listeners' benefit, at what point should somebody reach out to a speech therapist? What should they be looking out for with their kids? Um, so when we talk about our little guys, meaning zero to three, there's um, a variety of communication disorders that can occur. But I most commonly do work with families who just have a child who is language delayed. So we look for telltale milestones. Um, There's a great CDC tracker app that tells us all the different milestones um, and you can just check off. But we look for the amount of words that they have. Um, We look for nonverbal communication. Is the child um, following directions well? Um, Can they point to pictures? Um, So we try we try to look at both their language understanding and their language use. Um, And then, you know, a lot of parents don't always realize, but then when they go to the playground and they realize that their child is or isn't doing some of the same things as other kids, that's a, that's a good marker. You know, is your child interacting with others um, in an appropriate manner? And then as they get a little older, 
We also look at um, articulation, meaning their speech sounds. Are they really hard to understand? Um, I always joke around that, you know, half the time we have no idea what the kids are saying. You know, they have to practice and learn and mm-hmm. really practice um, their sounds. But there does get get to a point where their intelligibility is greatly compromised, and that is probably due to a true articulation disorder. Um, so I would say just being mindful of um, the way that they interact with the environment, um, the way that they use words, the way that they, they use nonverbal communication, and um, their intelligibility. Okay. Got it. So we're going we're gonna to shift now yeah. to the last question I always ask, and that is, what is your key to thriving that you want to share with fellow waiting warriors? And this can be speech therapist, Kara, or just military spouse, Kara. Give us all the things. Well, they intertwine. <laughs> they, they are one person. They intertwine, but um, I've really learned it comes directly from what you said, which is we always feel like we have no control. And that feeling is debilitating. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned not to let it debilitate me and to really embrace um, what I was in control of. And so I think my, my key to thriving is making myself very trying to think of the perfect word. (laughs) No, trying to make myself um, stable, taking care of myself first and foremost, and then um, knowing that if I'm happy and healthy, that my family um, will benefit from that. So my key to thriving is taking care of myself, whether it's working out, um, taking a walk. And then also um, my other key to thriving is kind of diving headfirst into my own business and following my passion, following my dreams, because um, I realized that it was scary, but it gave me a new sense of purpose and a sense of self. And um, helping people, I think, is the most rewarding um, thing out there. So that that really is my key to thriving. So whether my husband is or isn't home or he's out, you know, for a couple of weeks at a time, I know that um I'm contributing and I'm I'm an individual aside from him and that I have established my own life. And I think that that's um a big difference from the past and how I've operated in the past and that's really, you know, that's really helped me. So that's my key. That's your key. So do you feel like by taking care of yourself and then having this um, constant and this business that you you feel like gives back, those are your way of taking control or at least taking control of what you can? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Of what I can because there's a lot more cans than can. <laughs> so <laughs> what I can, um, yeah. Exactly. And, and go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, it almost it almost sounds like you maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but it almost sounds like you had to create those things for yourself. 
that because you is, you didn't have control, and so you created things that you did have control of. Spot on, exactly. And I knew that I had um, a career that I enjoyed, and I know I have a certain skill set, and I know that I can use it. And so I went out and I made sure to you know push the envelope and to like I said, take a risk. And so, yes, I, I think I've created, exactly, I've created a lot um, instead of being complacent and instead of just, you know, kind of sitting back and going through the motions. So, yeah. yes. Or wallowing. I'm pretty sure I wallowed <laughs> a lot of years. Yeah, it's but like, woe is me. I have no control over my life. There's nothing I can do. And then I realized, oh, wait, I can bring more things into my life and that won't have to take away from the love I have for my husband or my family or anything or the pride I have as a military spouse but if I bring more things that I bring me happiness and give me control then I it counterbalances all the other things that I do. Oh, absolutely. And don't you think we've all wallowed? We've, yes. we've all wallowed <laughs> we at all. some point, maybe for a couple of years too many, but I think we've yeah. all wallowed. So yeah. And just embracing the like silver lining that does come with our lifestyle. You know, now I'm in a new place and I have new experiences and get to meet new people and do new things. So, you know, there's good and bad to everything. Yeah. I like it. Good keto thriving. Last question. Yes. Last, last question. Yes. I always see that. I always say, last question, what's your keto oh, thriving? And then they say, last question again. You're fine. Where, where can people connect with you if they have more questions um, about speech therapy or just want to talk to you about getting control back in your life? Where can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, I'm on Facebook. My page is KGK Speech Services LLC. Um, I don't know if we mentioned or not, but I'm at Fort Meade um, oh. right now. And my Instagram, which I'm a little more active on, is Communicate with Kara. My name is K-A-R-A. Um, <laughs> and I post lots of little helpful tidbits. Um, and I'm constantly asking, I mean, sorry, answering questions from spouses, um, near, far, whatever it may be. Um, I have no, I mean, there's nothing in it for me. There's no financial, <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm just happy to help. So, um, anyone who needs to reach out or just wants some articles or whatever, I'm always an open book. Awesome. And we will link both of those in the show notes for those of you who know how to look at the show notes. I, <laughs> I listened to podcasts forever. And then I was like, Oh, that's what they're talking about. It's like in the details, guys, click on the episode. You're welcome. Took me like seven months to figure it out. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kara. I know you're not feeling good, but I hope you feel better very, very soon. Thank you. She has been holding down cops this whole time, guys. I'm seriously impressed. <laughs> Thank this you is so the most much for having me. <laughs> well, you're also like super pregnant. So between the two of us, we're both hanging in there. Yeah. We're like all breathing heavy and <gasps> it's been great. Thank you so much, okay. Michelle. No problem. And to all you waiting warriors, you guys have a great week. Ladies, I think we've all experienced the trip down the makeup aisles having no clue what color we should buy. Should we match it to our neck? Our wrists, 
who knows? Or still doing the makeup we were taught when we were 14, but now we're grown adults, right? Am I the only one? <laughs> well, no more. A big way I actually fund this podcast and provide all the goodies here is by being a mascara beauty artist. Basically, all that means is I get to talk to women like you about makeup and help them figure out what they need and how to highlight their beauty. So if you want an upgrade to your look or want to get a fresh face in just a few minutes every day, let me help you. You can check out these products at michelleb.mascarabeauty.com. That's M-A-S-K-C-A-R-A. Or if you follow me on social media, just message me. And hey, if you're super happy with your makeup routine, no worries. I just want to be here to help those who are wanting a little something something to highlight their beauty.